Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. All opinions are those of the speakers. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Well, hello. We'd like to welcome Catfish Keith to Santa Cruz Guitar Players podcast number 57. Can you believe we've gone that far? And All right. uh, Catfish has uh, got a lot to talk about. Tell us about it. He's got a, a spectacular new album. Um, he was on a three-month tour of the UK, two-month tour of the UK. It was yeah, a month we were over there, yep. It was a long time, and um, big then, tour. then uh, down in Mexico for uh, another month or something like that, and then to the Blues Awards, so he's a yeah. troubled man. Welcome in, Catfish. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been, uh, been a good good run here, and uh, um, really tickled to be back with you guys. Yeah. Well, and I want to congratulate you. I follow you on Facebook, which I recommend a lot of people do because you post great pictures from wherever you go. Uh, you just recently had a 35th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank That's you. That's an achievement for anybody, much less a guy who tours and works as hard as you do. Well, we've always toured and traveled together and uh, had the same vision for the music. So, uh We've we've loved doing that. As oh, a that's fantastic! Since he yeah. started, really, because uh, uh, Fishtail Records started. Uh, that was Penny and myself, and uh, we've had that going for well since 1990. We started the label, so it's been uh, a good run. Like this this album that it's called "Still I Long to Roam," and uh, it's my 21st album, and um, we're this. This one was recorded with all solo and recorded at Flat Black Studios, which is uh, near Iowa City here. And um, I love the sound that our guy can get for me. We I've done about six or seven projects with Luke Tweedy. And uh, so we're real tickled with the sound and it's real comfortable to record there. I just take in a, a whole bunch of guitars, a few more than you probably see here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh we just, I just hunker down and, and make a record. And uh, that last one was a joy. It uh, has a lot of songs that I've always wanted to record from people like uh, Cecil Gant and Jimmy Rogers and Sister Rosetta Tharp, Blind Willie Johnson, John Hurt, Little Hat Jones, all kinds of cool cats. <laughs> Any Little Hat Jones records hanging around? Uh, Little Hat Jones was, was a, a great, I don't have any of his old 78s, but he was a really talented uh, guitar player. It sounded like he was using every single finger he had and then some when he when he uh, made his recordings back in the 20s and 30s. And he also accompanied a guy called Texas Alexander, who was a phenomenal blues singer that also recorded with Lonnie Johnson and the Mississippi Sheiks. And uh, so uh, it all goes back to my favorite cats that were, you know, playing probably about a hundred years ago. 
And it's still still my favorite music. Well, yeah. well, the album has a great vibe to it. It's it's got um thank you. There's something about the tone of it and and everything else that makes me think of like if Alan Lomax had had a digital recorder in a studio. <laughs> well, it, it's you know, wonderful. There's a I think uh, Luke gets a lot of microphones going in that room. There's a, a couple on the guitars and a, a big vocal mic and the foot is is mic'd, but uh, everything has pickups in them too. And then there's a mic across the room somewhere. So he gets that kind of natural reverb of the whole room when he records. And uh, then the all the guitars, uh, you can kind of hear them reverberate when I, if I just talk, you can hear a chord. <laughs> so I think there was a sympathetic vibration too for that album. and you know, all the ones I did before. So I'd love the process. Yeah, I think that's a that 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 that's that's magical when that happens. I have a um I have a guitar that that chimes in. You know, I have a guitar and a mandolin that chimes in if I'm if I'm a little loud on electric or something like that. Well if you even sneeze in here it'll go woo you can kind of hear it you can hear it going. <laughs> probably in the national behind me. Hey woo yeah it, <laughs> it rings out for sure. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask a couple of questions. You know, one of the things that we never talked about uh, on the last time we talked to you is watching you play, especially with that beautiful little uh, Catfish Special Santa Cruz guitar. And add to that, you're traveling around the world to all these environments, which can be really hard on an acoustic guitar. How often do you maintain your guitars? What is your maintenance schedule and and, and your strings? Yeah, I mean. Well, uh, whenever we get uh, close to Santa Cruz and we can visit, I'll I'll take the guitar in and they'll uh, they'll refurbish it. They've redressed the frets and uh, you know, given it a clean bill of health <laughs> and uh, replaced saddles and. Uh, nuts for me because they kind of wear down while I play and even made uh, uh, Darren there made a replacement one so when I wear out the uh, you know the bone saddle I'll have a, a custom made replacement to pop in there so and then I always change strings uh, before every concert and um, it just works better for me that way because uh, really after the first set, the strings are toast. <laughs> so um, yeah, I try to change all the strings and uh, you know, yeah. make sure my shoes are tied and all that good stuff. <laughs> I gotta say your heart, the way you bend those strings, I mean, what you put those strings through in the show, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, and the, the guitars are, uh, I've always tuned the guitars low so um, my, I'll get my guitar to demonstrate my, this is my Santa Cruz catfish special. And uh, just to give you a. <laughs> so anyway, there, there's a depth in there and having, when I tune the guitar a whole step low, which is what I've done and then do low tunings further down. 
the the strings are kind of rubbery, but it it really uh, lends well to the the sort of style I developed to bend the strings, and because uh, it would be really really hard to do on a, a guitar tuned up to pitch, and uh, just that sound of the guitar nearly falling apart. <laughs> is the sound it turns out that I really love and uh but you, you gotta have your strings ready for sure. I, I saw I, I know you you use really heavy gauges. No, they're not they're that they're not on, on um on, on this guitar on the Santa Cruz they're they're light gauge strings so it's like 53 to 12. So pretty much a standard set uh light gauge and tuned low. Uh, on my other guitars, I use a variety of kinds of guitars, like I have baritone uh, nationals that they do have big strings. They're too, they have like, uh, oh, six, eight is the low string and it, it could be lower. And it's like that on some of my 12 strings too. So each guitar has its own job, but uh, some of those old, uh, the inspiration of the old 12 strings with those long scales and uh, the national baritones, and then these guitars tune low. Uh, it makes a, a sonic palette that I really uh, am proud of. And um, uh, really, to me, it's how you can really get the juice out of the guitar. <laughs> I saw a picture of you on Facebook this morning from Nam, where I think you were just literally twisting the A string off the guitar I, <laughs> it looked I like no it, idea it? how you got that <laughs> thing over there so far you, I, don't either. I was like whoa what's that <laughs> a lot of real estate there between that and the e right now yeah that's true and uh but it was always that kind of sound that really captured my imagination and um you know and a lot of the the guys that i emulate the musicians that i emulate were coming, uh, like sonically, they were coming, like if you listen to Sister Rosetta Tharp on those early recordings, she was she was in B flat and uh, for most wow. of her songs. And um, so it went real well uh, when I, because I tuned my baritone in open B flat tuning. And uh, I have guitars that work really well for that, that are I call my Sister Rosetta Tharp guitars. And, uh, but I think she probably tuned her regular national way back in 1938 to open B flat, actually. And that's the closest thing I could figure out from listening to her recordings. And, um, I think quite a bit of that can be informed by, uh, playing with horn players, you know, and, uh, but maybe she arrived at that key naturally, who knows? Beautiful B flat. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long way down there. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. And it is. Um, th there's, and kind of uncharted when you make your own style in an open tuned format. Um, and she really, uh, she took that on to electric guitar playing and uh, really kind of pioneered um, really rock and roll guitar starting out with that style on the national and it didn't really change radically the way she played but she was just taking advantage of the the technology of the electric guitar after her first 
recordings in uh, 1938 or 39. So uh, she's a very exciting artist and uh, uh, I sure love her. Wow, wow. Well, I'd always heard that you definitely were doing the drop tunings. I had no idea you kept that guitar standardly tuned to D. We definitely are going to have to talk to uh, the maestro, Mr. Hoover, about uh, the special considerations that went into that guitar when he built it. Yeah, uh, and a, a beautiful thing about uh, what Richard does is that um, he'll build a guitar uh, based on your music. So he he was a fan. He listened to the, the uh, what I was trying to do on the guitar, and I don't know what magic things he did to come up with this beautiful guitar, but he sure did. And uh, it immediately became uh, really my favorite instrument um, because the, the heart of my style is really in the finger style playing. And uh, so this is, a, this is a great guitar for me. Yeah. Yeah, Catfish Special. It's yeah. gorgeous, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you find that when you go uh, over to England or when you go down to, to Mexico, mm -hmm. how do the audiences react to your music? Are they familiar with the music? Are they just learning about it? Is this- uh... Uh, I've had a following. Uh, when we started going over to the UK and Ireland and Europe back in 1992. So um, we've kind of built up a following over there um, since you know the early days and- uh, um when we go over it's it's old friends you know it's people we've known for a long long time just like when we play really anywhere i guess that's the advantage of being of uh an experienced aged age <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm 61 now and uh, i started playing when i was you know 10 or 11 and um made a living as a guitar player since it, i was a teenager and um so that journey, whether it's here or in Europe or in Mexico, uh, it's really just almost you get to know each person <laughs> and you see them again. And so you're renewing friendships and uh, getting to see old buddies. And it's a very gratifying part of, of what we're able to do with the music is keep reconnecting with uh, people and that, that includes uh, relatives too. There's some relatives I met, distant ones that I I didn't know them, but they came to a concert, say in Utah or California or uh, who knows where. But uh, it's a great place to have a family reunion too at a gig. That's <laughs> my, great. Yeah, and my you know my dad and my family. My dad passed away last uh, last July, and. Uh, he was a big fan. He always would come to the shows and uh, he always encouraged me along with the music. You know, he bought my first guitar, first couple of guitars even uh, uh, for me uh, to, you know, so, like he didn't say, no, you can't be a guitar player or you must do this or that. He just kind of let me do my thing. My mom too, they were both very supportive in music and uh, she's still living and uh doing well at 84 so uh oh, nice so they they always um my folks were both teachers and they both taught 
uh, English and reading. And um, so the culture that I came up with uh, was encouraging and accepting to me playing music. And, uh, and they figured out after I was 40 or 50 that I was probably in this for good. <laughs> <laughs> Took a few years. Took a few years, yeah. And uh, so, but it's it's always been a beautiful way to um, just touch people and um, those friends that we and fans that we've built over the years. We're li liable to see quite a few of them at the gigs, so I'm very grateful for that, and I'm glad the music is. Uh, still knocking around the world and I'm still able to do this. This is beautiful. Yeah. So were, were your parents the ones who introduced you to the blues? Um, kind of indirectly. Uh, my mom always had, um, my folks both enjoyed music and my mom had some records around the house that uh, a curious young uh, me would listen to. And there was, um, I remember there was one with Lightning Hopkins on one side and Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee on the other side. And then there was um, an Odetta album and there was Joni Mitchell and Johnny Cash and Gordon Lightfoot and Joan Baez. So, and so uh, taking the clue from, from that, um, you know, and I was a studious kind of nerdy young kid and I would study about uh, blues from our in our school library they had that old sam charters book and uh and paul oliver books about the history of the blues and you'd pour through there and there would be a picture of, that one picture of charlie Patton, and you're like man what he must have sounded like and there was uh you know blind boy fuller and sun house and uh blind blake and all these musicians that i ended up really diving deep into that music and so uh, being this, the son of uh, a couple of teachers, I I loved to go to the library. And at the library, they had uh, there was a hip record buyer there that would buy all those cool Arhuli records and Folkways albums and uh, Yazoo and um, just the treasure trove that I was discovering as a young fella. I, I started on that journey, and I'm still I have the same habits. I love to find obscure old songs that I haven't heard before. And uh, the treasure trove is pretty endless. So uh, I have a lot of inspiring music that I can uh, build on and take as inspiration. And a lot of times I'll recompose songs, uh, you know, based on Tommy Johnson or somebody like that. And um, sometimes I'll just come up with original pieces out of the blue too, but it's uh, all in that journey to find that music, um, discover so much. It's great. It's, it's fascinating to hear you say that the library was one of the sources of your inspiration because Mr. Hoover says the same thing about uh, his uh, pursuits and, and, and dreams when he was a young man, which is, yeah. you know, a good reason for us to preserve our libraries and preserve access to all the information that's available. None of this uh, book banning. Come on, man. Yeah, that's exactly. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. 
Yeah, I, I just I just find it fascinating that you could go you could go so deep. You grew up in Iowa, right? Well, I was I was born in East Chicago, which oh, okay. is uh, it's okay. an yeah, old steel mill town. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Kind of, it, it was on its decline when I was a kid in the in the sixties. But it's it's uh, uh, it, it is a place most people would move away from, <laughs> and most people did. Our family moved to Iowa and uh, Davenport, Iowa, and. Um, so that's where I grew up uh, in in elementary and high school, and um, the but the Davenport uh, Library had some great records, and um, then when I got to Iowa City, they had a lot of wonderful records, and uh, so I'd find you know Fred McDowell and Memphis Minnie, and uh, man, I just I was just like the the kid in the candy store there too, so. Um, so it is very important, I think, uh, to have that resource. I mean, you can find it all on your computer, you know, but, uh, we used to go in and we'd smell the, you could just smell the old books and, uh, you know, the, all the wonderful things about the library, uh, should only be, uh, encouraged and built upon because, um, without, without all that what do we have we without culture and music what are we you know so we need to keep keep that open and keep studying and keep loving and learning music and uh and the tradition of those styles of music that are that were old you know 100 years ago ended up being really important to what everybody does now and they're really important to me because that's the real foundation of everything that I do it's in blind lemon Jefferson and it's in uh, six cylinder Smith and all these uh, wonderful cats that uh, you know had incredible sounds and really were one-off musicians and that's what I love about country blues and the style that I sort of gravitated towards was that it was individual it was improvisational uh, it, it was quirky. Uh, the rhythms and bar structures could, uh, you know, breathe in and out, um, and very exciting to me. And the, um, a lot of the blues that is really uh, exciting and hypnotic to me uh, is is what comes out of the North Mississippi Hill Country, which is the music of Jesse Mayhem Hill and Fred McDowell and Junior Kimbrough and Othar Turner. So that a lot of that music is really, it's really modal music. It's based in one chord and it really, uh, you know, puts you in a trance kind of and uh, makes people want to dance all night long. And uh, all those things you you hear about in those R.L. Burnside songs, it, it's wonderful. And, um, and that music is, is so well connected to you know the African playing of like Ali Farcature and um, even Scottish bagpipe music and Irish fiddle music. There's uh, kind of these world connections in this music that, to me, is very exciting and it's very um, visceral and very ancient. And um, to be able to have a little bit of that 
and uh, take it as far as I can is um, it's an amazing life. I, I think it's incredible that you were so lucky to have walked into the librarians that knew that 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 had an interest too. I, I grew up west of Chicago and there was our library, there was no there was no records at all. You know, oh, yeah. and it was you know pretty, pretty religious and stuff like that. And my education came because I was traveling to New York about every six weeks. And there's a store there called there was a store called Academy Records, and you could buy all the CDs for between three and five bucks. And I'd buy forty enough to get in my bag every time. I'm still learning from what I had, but. And <laughs> all these European releases that yeah we never see. Junior Kimbrough, uh, that that music is transformative to me. I mean, I can put that on in a car, and be 150 miles from where it started, and just go, wow! I don't, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it is trans. It is trans-like. Yeah, and uh, when I come, you know. Sometimes I'll go, you'll be traveling or just not into, you know, listening to music, but you put on a, a beautiful cut and it's, uh, wow, now I remember why I'm doing all this crazy traveling and, uh, you know, um, it's, the music is so deep and I just go right past all the, the old scratches and, uh, you know, people like King Solomon Hill made such a you know they only made a handful of recordings but it was such stunning sound and uh i'm still like the kid standing there with his jaw dropping on down to the ground and uh just uh still so in love with this music and um excited to work up a few more songs and make another record so <laughs> it's a great process that I love to do. Well, I'm I'm still interested in, in what you're thinking about um, how the blues are reaching out to younger people these days and, and the kind of younger musicians you see coming up, uh, learning these styles and playing them. Um, I was, I got to honestly say, I was disheartened with what I felt was a prevalence of uh, EDM and uh, uh, computer-based oh, yeah. music uh yeah. and, and you're so far the opposite direction um <laughs> i just you know what's you have more experience and feedback on this what how are you finding young people responding and reacting and emotionally you know uh interacting with this stuff i think um you know the style of music is a, a funny little corner of the music world but i think um there are a lot of young people that um, are equally inspired and you know the, the times and culture of when these come along um, has to be totally different for them when when we grew up you know we bought records we heard songs on the radio uh, when I found this music I dug through dusty old records um, so for a young person now they're everything's just on their phone or the computer and you can find it and um 
it's there. Um, but I guess what I'm getting to is that there are young people playing. There's a, um, you know, like 20 some year old kids, teenagers getting into acoustic blues in its original form and uh, playing old time music and bluegrass. And uh, uh, so the, the, I, the, the tradition of a person getting an instrument and playing it, and that's the music is <laughs> still strong and it's still growing, although it's hard to cut through the noise. Like even in the blues world, uh, playing acoustic blues, uh, they do pay attention to it because it's the roots of, um, you know, blues, but it's really not favored. If you look at blues festival lineups, they're basically rock bands. And, uh, and uh, so the, the solo acoustic sound um, is being embraced. Um, and, but it could be in a lot of places. It could be, you know, in, in kind of the folk scene and, old time music uh and in blues but uh but i am heartened by the young people getting into it and there are some and it's uh beautiful that they can do that and that's good to hear and easy to if you want to learn uh these days you can learn anything <laughs> including uh country blues and finger style guitar and it's just right there for you so um they are wonderful times in that way yeah 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 there are a lot more resources i think our friends at uh fred Bo at the um uh homespun and um why is my brain so stupid well like <laughs> Ste stephen grossman's guitar workshop homespun yeah. uh yeah. tom tom feldman there's a lot of people that um are doing beautiful job presenting the music so you can learn how to put your fingers on there and play it and uh the process of the the young guy back in the 70s was yeah find, first find the obscure recordings <laughs> uh listen through the scratch of of time and uh you know just listen until you got it deep inside you and then you I would make my own version of these songs and uh but just that young fire of building repertoire and learning new stuff that that never went away for me and i i love the music and i love that part um almost more than anything just 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 being stuck having your head in there in the music and being so enthralled by um just that ancient sound that sounds so good and uh, the most human, beautiful expression and the most individual human, beautiful expression. Two questions. Who's the photograph behind you? Oh, um, let's see. Oh, the painting here is yeah. Little, this is Little Richard. Yeah, it looked like it. I was just... <laughs> It's trying to lean over there and see see what it was. Yeah, it was done by our friend David Oxtoby, who's um, uh, a very famous um, and wonderful artist based in London. 
and uh, his subject matter is uh, rock and roll and blues. And uh, he, we got to know him way back in the early nineties when we first started going to England. And uh, he really has incredible, uh, yeah, you can see a little bit of that, but uh, there's just so much power in his, his artwork. And I was really overjoyed. We became good friends with David and uh, he ended up doing what's on the cover of my Pony Run album. And, uh, you know, when you have a CD, it's it's that big. It's uh, like a big postage stamp. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the actual painting, you know, was was huge. And uh, when we came in and saw it, it was uh, my jaw fell down and uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe he actually, you know, wanted to put me in that bunch of super classic rock and roll masters <laughs> and this is this is this little richard painting um it's a print but uh washington city hall or stop. washington city hall sorry how do you get that okay. in the overhead <laughs> yeah how do you get it in the overhead so anyway david oxby was a beautiful artist i love his music so much and um he he got little Richard to actually sign this this painting, you know, and uh, so his, his his signature is on there, and uh, we got to see little Richard. He played close to us here, and um, we were in in line to get his autograph, and he signed in his uh, in the art book of David Oxtoby, and uh, uh, part of his signature was the makeup that came off of his hand mm. onto the the book, you know, and. Uh, I don't know. He was a magic cat, little Richard, and he was still exciting and wonderful, even in his final years performing. So I guess I, I take that as inspiration to just keep on going. And uh, even when you think you're falling apart and, you know, getting older, when, when I look to heroes of mine that are 80 and 90 and still kicking away and uh, doing the music, well, that's me. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we just—we, I'd say we just lost Tina Turner, who was like uh, inspirational in, in that way. As she was just an amazing, amazing powerhouse right up to the end. Yeah, and so many great ones are slipping away, but uh, I guess that's just what happens as life goes on we only get one shot at it so there you go let's yeah. make it a good one <laughs> yeah i think i remember pictures of lightning hopkins's hands you know that are just or john lee hooker's hands that were just like how does he play <laughs> yeah you know, how does he do that with 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 that how does he do that and he does it <laughs> i guess i don't need an answer for that <laughs> yeah yeah and you saw the, the the famous picture of uh of uh hound dog taylor and he has a, a little bitty sixth finger i'm not sure he ever used that to play but uh wouldn't that be great if we all had six fingers <laughs> <laughs> well Just richard the you had the second you had to said you had a second question i'll let you ask ask it if you uh can remember it it was so long ago 
I, I just I'm so uplifted by this conversation. Uh, it, it's I, I'm just I'm just like okay, I'll try to remember this, but I didn't. But I, I'm sorry about oh oh. Any United Breaks guitar stories? Uh, mm. uh, yeah, you know, every time uh, I fly, uh, you'd never know whether they'll let you actually take the guitars onto the onto the plane, and uh, you just can never assume that they will. They, but uh, the time the the times where I actually check the guitar into regular luggage because we had a third guitar. Well, that wasn't very many times because, uh, uh, well, the guitar got crushed. And um, so I always tried to carry it on the plane. And um, another solution we had was uh, I just have a set of guitars that live in the UK. So uh, two or three years ago, we, we just decided to leave them uh in england so uh, that takes that worry out of that particular trip <laughs> but flying with guitars is always a challenge and never let them uh don't check it and don't think the colton case will save it either because it won't <laughs> so so i had one kind of stupid question if why do you think musicians a hundred years ago were able to come up with so much better names than they do today. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a, uh, you know, a glimpse into the culture of the time. And, uh, you know, when I play this music and when I write songs, I'm, I'm conscious that it has a timeless quality. And so, when you the the things that they're talking about and singing about and were probably named after <laughs> were uh, things that we might attach a romance and uh, an old time love feeling to toward like trains and V eight Fords and uh, you know all the the imagery you hear about in in blues songs so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Who, oh, who okay. gave you who gave you catfish? Well, I got called that when um, I was. Let's see, I was about nineteen or twenty years old, and um, I made my first trip uh, down. Really, just first time I saw the ocean, but I ended up going to the Virgin Islands and. Uh, I had a friend from Cedar Rapids. He had a, a sailboat and he said I, I should come and stay on the sailboat. I don't think he really meant it, but I went and found him anyway. And he let me live on the sailboat and we were cruising all around uh, the, the British Virgin Islands, uh, Virgin Islands. And uh, so this is my first time kind of enjoying island life. And um, there was a guy that we knew called Yens, and he used to say, man, you ain't nothing but a catfish swimming around, man. I said, what are you talking about? And he just kept repeating that, and then he, then he would call me catfish steel guitar man. Man. <laughs> and uh, 
So uh, he had a couple of names he called me, but uh, when it came time to put out my first record, uh, which wasn't that long after that, I I think it was 21 when I made my first album on Kicking Mule Records, but uh, uh, my given name is Keith Kazachik, and it's not that handy as a stage name. <laughs> so... Um, I remembered that guy calling me catfish and there's a, there's a, a kind of a blues animal kingdom out there. <laughs> and uh, catfish has very strong imagery in uh, there's a song called catfish blues, which uh, was from Robert Petway and was a very powerful song for me. And it ended up being the title track to my first album. And that's when I took the name catfish as well. And um and here I am. There you go. So it has on Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, there was, I remember on Facebook, there was a great picture of you with Kingfish. Kingfish uh, and Catfish. Yeah. yeah. We got to meet Kingfish at the uh, Blues Awards this year. And uh, and there's another case of a, a young man uh, bringing, putting new life into an old tradition. You know, he's, uh, he mostly plays um hot electric guitar with a band but he also plays acoustic blues and um he uh there's young artists like him and john tavius willis and selwyn birchwood and um there's a lot of really talented young players out there that uh also could did be. you get a chance to play with him no no but uh oh, we, boy, we were just bad. hanging out it was the award show and um uh no but that would be fun and um but another member of the blues animal kingdom kingfish yeah there you go <laughs> so what what's next what's next well what, um what the summer hold what the, the summer i want to um i would like to build a new album and so um uh, I got my list of a hundred songs I want to record and um, I'm working on pieces. So if, if that all goes well, I'll probably record in uh, late July, August, and then, um, you know, put the record out if it, if it sounds good. And um, the tour, touring coming up will include uh, going back to the UK and Ireland in October and November, that'll be our 52nd tour over there. Wow. And um, and just bopping around the country, playing some gigs in the Midwest and either coast and um, yeah, just keeping it going, man. And, uh, and I guess the most important thing for me is always just keeping my head in and uh, keeping creating more music and making new albums and keep building that legacy of being an old guy with a guitar. <laughs> You're doing that very well. I, I firmly <laughs> remember the second question. Is is there a notebook? Because your knowledge is is deep. Um is there a notebook that you're carrying around or anything no, like that, um, that's got everything in it? Yeah, <laughs> I do take a lot of, I have a lot of sloppy uh, and hard to read books filled with stuff, but um, 
I guess I I just keep digging with the the music and studying, and um, it's been a lifelong pursuit. And um, the sound of it still gets me, and it still inspires me. And I just I, I just can't stop. I guess I'm I'm I'm, I'm a lifer. Keep doing it. There you go. Uh, well, I do. I do want to emphasize what I said at the beginning: is it's worth uh, linking up or whatever with uh, Catfish on Facebook because he does post some great pictures and and uh, Penny as well. Um, oh yeah, Pen you get to follow along the shows and and where you are and everything else. Um, are there other social media outlets that we can recommend people? Uh... Um, Facebook is the best one. It's the most okay. interactive. And, um, you know, my website, catfishkeith.com, it, uh, it's it got a, a lot in there, too. And um, But for the day-to-day -day gigs and flowers and uh, <laughs> sunsets and um, meals and uh, a lot of guitars... Um, a lot of guitars <laughs> meeting, meeting my favorite buddies and celebrities and um it's been a beautiful life and um i just i just want to keep doing it man just want to keep doing it there you go and uh i've also discovered that you are on apple music so that it makes it really easy for people to listen sure. through a lot of uh cds uh, without having to carry a lot of plastic around with you. That's right. I mean, I, I always encourage people to buy, um, when you buy CDs from the artist, that means they can maybe make a little something. <laughs> the streaming platforms aren't geared to, uh, you know, uh, for a musician really to make anything on yeah. it, but it's, it is a handy way for the world to easily find it. So, uh the, the being able to make the connection in this big world with all the stuff rattling around in it. Uh, it's just beautiful to have that direct connection. And yeah. um, um very grateful that we can do that. There you go. Yes, definitely. We, we should emphasize to go to uh, Catfish Keith website and order CDs directly because that's the way to do it. And yeah. there's there's slides and oh yeah we got all kinds of goodies <laughs> there's all kinds of goodies over there so get get over there when you can yeah wow. t-shirts with the like we have um a popular one is the reefer hound t-shirt it has a dog smoking a joint on it that's a pretty popular one yeah. <laughs> that was a from my album yeah no, the, the, no nothing the, the, co the compilation that that was from a compilation I made um, just a handful of years ago called Reefer Hound Viper Songs Revisited. And <laughs> it was um, a collection of um, old songs in the blues and jazz tradition that were that were party songs, you know, like uh, Light Up and um, Knocking Myself Out and uh, Reefer Man and um, uh, why don't you do right? You know, there's, <laughs> there's Lotus Blossom, a lot, lot of cool songs that go with that. But um, 
Yeah. A good one for people to buy and donate to their local library. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's time for that. You know, it is. Right. Thank, th thank you so much. Oh, Richard. Really, really Dad, thank you so much. It, it it's was, meant a lot. And, and this is a beautiful forum and the love you guys put into it. And uh, the love people have for the Santa Cruz guitars, too, has been... Uh, wonderful and you know i i still feel uh it was a beautiful thing when um you know richard wanted to do my signature guitar yeah mm -hmm. just and, and hanging out with richard is is such a trip it's wonderful it's it's a world it's it's uh it's fantastic so i'm really lucky to get to know this guy and yeah. be, be part of santa cruz love it we will uh we will send him your best for sure oh man and please let us know when you're going to be out here getting your uh guitar tuned up uh we'd love yeah. to get you live again or some <laughs> yeah let it, yeah keep us in keep us in the loop we'll try to stay in the loop too but yeah we will and um yeah i'd love to come back and and play in your neighborhood richard and and yours tad um uh we just always enjoyed the shows and uh ready for another run yeah you uh you go have I, and i can't even you, there's no e reason to even say this have a great afternoon because <laughs> i know right. you will but Thanks, uh my brother best to penny and and all that and you just keep making this music okay <laughs> thank you richard thank you Ted. all right thank you catfish thank you for taking the time to talk to us all right yeah. my brothers We'll see you soon. Bye now. Bye. All right. We hope you enjoyed this installment of the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. For more music-related fun, please join the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at scgcpf or santacruzguitarplayers.com. If you have any questions or possible podcast topics, please contact us. If you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, Please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like, follow, bell, or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar. <laughs>